going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome on into tonight's Sixers game recap as the Sixers in the second of a three-game road trip dismantle, destroy, whatever term you want to use. They take it to the Charlotte Hornets and absolutely bury them away here. And we're talking about a 1-82 victory here tonight for the Sixers. We got to start with Joel Hansen beat here tonight because Joel, again, just absolutely dominating. And he got to really set the trend and set the tone here for the Sixers. You know, Charlotte, it's obviously missing a lot of pieces. It's a younger bunch. And so they are going up against a team full of men in the Philadelphia 76ers and led by Joel Embiid, mustering, monstering his way through. He did a little bit of everything, but the domination from the paint, that's really what stood out to me tonight. And guys, I mean, listen, the Hornets are what they are this year. I don't know what the direction is. And we'll talk about some of the extracurriculars going on there because it is fascinating to myself. But the Sixers took care of business. And a game where, listen, a lot of people have had gripes of this type of situation for the Sixers in, you know, in, in games prior earlier in the year. But they took care of business and they dominated a team. And it was from the jump. It wasn't like a game where, you know, they, they let the Hornets hang around till halftime and then they go off in the second half. No, from the jump, they absolutely took over. And we're talking about a dominating win after a big win against Cleveland uh, two nights ago. So I think this team is heading in the right direction. I like where we're at personally, and again, we just got to wait till we get out of the second round. That's all we can really do at this point, but welcome on in, everyone, to tonight's Sixers Game Recap. Again, I'm your host, El Parcero Philly, the night of all things sports and culture in the beautiful city of Philadelphia. I want to welcome Facebook. We got YouTube. We got Twitter. We got Diaz and Midi checking on in what's happening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for tuning on in. Of course, we got TikTok in the building as well. TikTok keeps smashing that screen away. Keep tap, tap, tapping away. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, right now, both YouTube and TikTok's comment sections are open. So keep dropping your comments, questions, and concerns in the comment section. We'll read those as this live portion goes on. Uh, we're going to throw in the link to come on in the show in just a little bit. So come on, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we'll put that out there in just a couple minutes. But quick reminder here, ladies and gentlemen, that tonight's Sixers game recap is sponsored by Lots Raid Watches. High quality watches at a bargain price. Right now, when you use my promo code at the checkout page, Barcelo Philly, you'll receive 10% off of your purchase of a Lotterine watch. So, ladies and gentlemen, head on over to Lotterine, check it on out, and make sure you take advantage of the deal. 10% off at the checkout page. What's up, TikTok? What's going on? Keep tapping that screen away. Let's get some more Sixers fans in the building. Let's get Charlotte TikTok in the building. Let's get LaMelo Ball. I'm just kidding. Let's not get LaMelo Ball on here. What's up, RPO002? appreciate you coming in here. Wants to know, Embiid MVP. MVP'd, as we would once said. Um, if you've listened to any of the past game recaps, listen, he's definitely in the conversation. He's really making uh, his, you know, he's making his case again. And I don't think that Joel Embiid really is worried about the MVP, kind of like how he was in years prior. You know, it kind of is what it is. You know, if you really don't feel like Joel Embiid's the best player out there, then you know, that's kind of on you. Now, this year it's difficult because the race is definitely tough. I mean, to me, I, Luca and Giannis, I feel like those guys are definitely on the crash course. But you can't look away at what Joel Embiid's doing, and he's doing it on both uh, both ends of the court. And you know, again, here tonight, kind of like he did on 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 uh, the Wednesday night against the Cavs, he was just a presence under the rim on both ends. Um, especially defensively, it's it's been one of the big factors here uh, for the Sixers and just being able to 
be a look a little bit better of a defensive team as he had four blocks here tonight. Um, but I mean, really, there is no center on Charlotte that was going to match up with Joel Hansen beat. But absolutely, RPO. He is. I like that name, RPO. Yes, my man is a uh, my man is a, is a fan of the Eagles' offense here. Now, but I, Joel is definitely in the conversation for Joel uh, for MVP. Yoko three in a row would be a crime. It's. I don't think. I. I don't personally think it. I think it's really going to come down to Luca, Giannis, and Joel. That's really what I think it's going to come down to. But uh, I think it's more so going to be down to Luca and Giannis when it's all said and done. But you know, to this game, I mean, Joel Embiid finishes the night with thirty-eight points in twenty-nine minutes, sixteen of twenty-one from the field. He didn't even attempt a three-point shot. So I, I know a lot of the old heads, you know, that why isn't Joel under the basket more often? I know those people were happy here tonight. But we talked about it before. There are going to be times where Joel Embiid shoots the ball. And there are going to be times where Joel needs to just dominate. And in this type of game, when Charlotte is throwing Nick Richards um, as the center, uh, I think I saw some PG Washington get thrown in there. I know JT Thor can probably play uh, the center position, but I think they use him more as a forward. But regardless, there is nobody on that Charlotte roster that can guard Joel Embiid one-on-one. -on -one. At least Evan Mobley, listen, he's still a young player. He's got room to grow. At least he provides some semblance of a center, but Charlotte had nothing. And, and Joel Embiid was just straight up took advantage Oh, of that of that mismatch because Charlotte had nothing to throw in there uh, for that. So we always talk about every single night the points in the paint category, which drives me insane because when you have Joel Embiid, you should be dominating that factor, but I'm dominating in that category. But obviously Joel Embiid can't play every single minute of the game. But dude, tonight that is that to me shows the dominance that he had. Sixty-four to thirty-six, the points in the paint. Sixers with the edge. That to me is a is a big stat right there, because that's one factor that the Sixers need. When you have the best center in the league, they need to dominate that factor. And oh, by the way, it wasn't just Joel Embiid because Paul Reed got the minutes here tonight as the backup center. And Paul really, I, I thought he had a really really solid game. Um, he was a plus nine with eight points in twelve minutes, four of eight from the field, and he added on three blocks, ladies and gentlemen making his goddamn case to get some more minutes. Now, I, I personally do believe playoff time is going to be a different story, and we'll see what they do decide to do. But Paul Reed needs to be getting minutes, at least 10 to 15 minutes a game. Give Joel some rest. Obviously, you still run a lot of P.J. Tucker uh, running as the five. Tonight, he only had 22 minutes. Really, you didn't run him too much at the five. Um, mostly, Paul Reed ran the five here. Um, but that's a category you need to continue dominating. And Joel Embiid, yes, to everyone's point, is clearly in the MVP conversation. Let's just look at those numbers. 38 points in 29 minutes. 21 shot attempts. 16 minutes. Oh, I can't even. I can't even. But the free throws is, is very an interesting thing to talk about because the Sixers kind of do it a little bit unorthodox in the way the NBA does work. Everyone's moving fast, fast, quick, quick, quick. Everything is quick. Not a lot of half court. Not a lot of teams run, you know, they, they base everything off the half-court offense. This team kind of does. This team, you know, let me look at tonight. tonight. Um, uh, I mean, the Sixers only had seven points off the fast break. And it's not something that they typically are going to get a lot of. But the free throws, 
right there, ladies and gentlemen, that is where the Sixers' bread and butter is. Because when you have Joel Embiid, when you have James Harden, two players that is super hard to defend one-on-one, and they, 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 they know, they listen, it's part of their craft. They know how to get to the line. And when those guys are going to the line, they're going to go at a higher cliff. All right, They're going to see their fair share of trips. So free throws are obviously a big thing. I know a lot of people like to bitch complain. I personally don't like it because it makes the game a little bit, uh, and it, it it slows down the game a little. I think tonight's game starting around seven seven oh five, uh, ends tonight at like nine twenty ish nine fifteen ish. So wasn't too bad. I mean, a lot of that had to do with the fact that you kind of ran away with the game in the second half. That that really did help. Um, I, I the free throws, come playoff time, I'll be okay with it. Now it definitely does suck because it just adds on to to the game, and no one really likes to. To deal with that, but it, it is it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, we have uh Tyrese Maxey, second leading scorer here with 13 points. Um, he had his he had a nice little last second heave at the first at the end of the first quarter, got a nice little throw. I was I I I enjoy I thoroughly enjoyed those, but um nothing no, you know, not 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 like the night like he had on Wednesday, but still a solid contributor. James Harden with 11 points. Uh James Harden tonight was with a triple double. Guys, a triple-double to add on to James Harden. 11 points, 11 boards, 10 assists, three steals to add on to it. A quietly very good and very productive night by James Harden and a plus 25 uh, on the night. Um, DeAnthony Melton was a plus 23 uh, with eight points coming off the bench. The one guy I do want to talk about, though, is Tobias Harris rounding out the starting lineup because I thought that Toby, who's someone who has been struggling as of late, they're wondering like what what's wrong with him? How do we get his confidence back? Although I do feel like you know he had some uh, early turnovers, early bad plays in the in the first quarter. He turned it around and he got to his comfortable spots and he was a solid contributor here tonight. When he adds eighteen points, uh, he was seven eleven. Go one, I like that seven eleven from the field, three of five from a three point line. Um, and and Tobias Harris again got more got a little more comfortable. I'm not too concerned about Toby. I do believe that Toby come playoff time, he will be okay. I truly believe that he will be okay. Um, and it's all about, you know, just that quick release. When you're open, knock down the shot because more than likely you is going to be open. You feel me? Um, and then again, so you saw pretty much almost everyone play tonight except for Montrez Harrell. Um, we, we saw Ferky. We saw some Jaden Springer. Jaden Springer, at who's, listen, his miles have been incredible. His his trips to Delaware, to, to Philly, Delaware to Philly. Um, but you know, we we see the pregame. Uh, I, I'm sorry, it was the um, shoot around. It was shoot around, not pregame. Shoot around. Uh, and you got Jaden Springer knocking down threes from the corner. Sixers fans are like, why the hell is he talking at more minutes? And listen, uh, I, I I he's dropping. Listen, I think he got like 35 the other night with the blue coat. So. Look, you need a defense. You need guy. You need a guy at the guard position who gives a little more defense. I mean, you know, he's not going to get the minutes. See, the thing is, right now, what he needs to get over is obviously. Listen, you're starting lineups, James and Tyrese for the most part. Then you got DeAnthony Melton. Then you got Shake Milton, and then you got Furkan Korkmaz. So if you guys really do believe that Jaden Springer um, can ball ball out more than Furkan Korkmaz, and be my guest, debate that. I mean, I don't know where you're going to base that debate off of. But that's the problem with James Springer. I do like his game. The problem is, is that you know you're on a team that's ready to win now, and so you're not going to really get any opportunities. And that's kind of the problem with that. But 
you know, you got to find a way to earn your stripes, my friend. Find find a way uh, to get that done. But at the end of the day, when you look at this matchup, I mean, look, it, it was an absolute full dominate. We even look at some of the team stats here. But, um, I mean, look at that. 50% from the field compared to Charlotte's 33.7. Dude, come on. 31% from the three-point line. Dude, Charlotte's shot 14% from a three-point line. Not a lot of shooters right now on that team. I know they have Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. But yikes, dude, that's that's just terrible. Absolutely. They did have the same amount of turnovers. But, I mean, when you had the the, the efficiency here tonight by the Sixers, that's 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 the story. That's the that's the tale of the, of the, the, the tape right there, guys. Uh, Sixers are pretty efficient. And listen, Charlotte, I don't know what's going on over there. It, it is kind of a little bit disarray. Obviously, you know, you we all saw the, the, the Miles Bridge. You know, everyone's right now in the John Morant saga. Well, you had the Miles Bridges saga earlier in this year. Lamelo Ball can't stay healthy. He's kind of a little bit of a knucklehead as well. Um, they ha- listen. It's a stay of solid pieces, but it's just no culture, no no infrastructure, no dis like no display. Like it, it's 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 a little bit of a problem. They do have some young pieces that I do like, um, but I mean I, I, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre to me, I I always say this, and I think I've talked about it during Sixers game recaps. Kelly Oubre to me is the perfect player for this team. If I had to pick one player to pluck and put into the starting lineup to make it a complete lineup, it would be Kelly Oubre. You plug him at the three, he's the perfect three and D guy, and he's playing on a trash-ass Hornets team. He's averaging like 20 points this season. Um, And tonight he went to, dude, he, br- oh no, that was his, that was his threes. He, he bricked the threes, but he went to the free throw line 10 times. So let that right there. He he would fit perfectly on the Sixers team who loves to visit the free throw line. But that's like the guy. I just feel like you put him on the Sixers team that completes the starting lineup because that that guy not only will he add on to the threes and obviously add on to athleticism, but helps with the fact that you you got James and Tyrese who defensively it's a liability. Um, I'm not a big fan of starting Tobias at the three. I prefer him starting at the four, but obviously. You want to start P.J. Tucker with what you got right now. But, yeah, I, I love seeing Kelly Oubre. Not really crazy here tonight. He was only uh, he only had 11 points, uh, but he definitely got to the free throw line. Those threes really did kill him, man. Yeah, man, no one on the Hornets really got more than two threes, and that was Terry Rozier. Um, so not not a great night uh, from the three-point line here for the Charlotte Hornets. But, listen, at the end of the day, the Sixers are a men amongst the boys. And the Hornets are just not there. They are not a team that's will right now with the way the Sixers are playing at the moment. The Hornets are not ready to keep up with that, and so that's that's kind of it, 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 it. And you saw it. You saw it all night long uh, when Jane when Joel is just dominating, and the the Hornets have absolutely no answers. That it just shows you right there, guys. It just absolutely shows you right there. Um, let me see here. Okay, so RPO. Imagine if 76ers started Giannis instead of MCW, drafted Giannis instead of MCW in 13 and Embiid in 14. That would have been, that definitely, I, I don't think we could have drafted Giannis. My mom was, oh, no, no, yes, you're right. Because MCW was 13, Giannis was 15. I think CJ McCollum was a pick before that. That draft was terrible, but it was crazy as well. And the funny part is that MCW won Rookie of the Year that season. 
it, it is pretty funny how that works. But that's why there's scouting. There's no science to it. It, 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 it is a crapshoot. It truly and honestly is a crap. The, pro- the thing is, too, if you're going to go through that draft process and you saw Giannis Antetokounmpo and the, the prospect that he was as skinny as he was at that point, if you would have seen that at that time period, there's no way you would have told me that in 2023 he would have been one of the faces of the NBA. And that's just the whole thing. Like you, you really gotta believe in what you see. And the Bucks, they believed it. They they took a swipe at it and it paid off. It really did. You know, they they get the trade from Chris Middleton with the Pistons, and the Pistons are literally just getting rid of the player. It paid off. It worked. The Drew Holiday trade could have said that there was a lot to give back. It paid off. And that got him a chip. So many moves you could talk about, and it can go either way. But you know that's that's why teams win championships because they have more, more more moves go their way than it does and doesn't. Um, what's up to finally Conte Guten? I don't know what Guten tag means, but I always love seeing you in here, man. Awesome stuff. I don't like. I appreciate you guys coming in here, but I don't like that TikTok. Um, now it just floods the comment section with who joined. I love seeing you guys in here, but uh, I don't need to see who's joining. You know, comment. I would I would like to hear comment. I like I like to answer back. I like conversations. Um, yeah. So listen, like I just talked about, where's this horn team going? Um, and I think Michael Big M Big MJ has had enough as well. You know, he's been running this. He's been part of this organization, I believe. Since like 2006, 2007. I remember when he was part of the Bobcats, and they were the Bobcats back then. Woof, that's a that's a memory <laughs> down memory lane. Um, but when he was part of the Bobcats, and he bought part of it, and then he bought majority stake, and that's when you saw the the whole rebrand. He bought back the Hornets name, and I thought that was a great thing, not only for Charlotte basketball, but for the NBA because we all know that Charlotte Hornets gear fucking sells like hockey, and it's a it's a great concept. The teal, the, the purple, it's it's a beautiful combination. But when you don't win a lot, you not, not a lot of people want to wear something that's synonymous to, to being trash. Um, so MJ looks like he's selling the, his majority stake. Uh, looks like one of the, the minority owners of the Hornets and the Hawks. That's a weird one. But looks like they're looking to buy MJ's majority stake. I always said it. MJ's fine being an owner of the Hornets. But you got to go out and get yourself a GM. They found a way to get some talented players, LaMelo Ball, Miles Bridges. It would seem like it worked out. They went out and got Terry Rozier, signed Kelly Oubre, and Gordon Hayward. But it just couldn't, they couldn't keep that clan together, man. They couldn't keep that group together. And, you know, LaMelo and Miles are kind of knuckleheads, and that kind of is the problem. So it is interesting to see that Charlotte's going through another Charlotte basketball, man. They just, dude, it's been, it's, it's been a mess, even the 80s and the 90s. And then the Bobcats come in, and then they 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 were terrible too. Charlotte basketball's got to do better, especially in that market. North Carolina basketball's big. North Carolina, I mean Duke, North Carolina, NC State, uh, Wake Forest—they got to do better, man. They absolutely got to do better. Um, one thing I want I want to end off here with—I um, I hate talking about it. Listen, when it comes to Ben Simmons, for, to me, I'm I moved on from it. Like I don't like talking about it too much. Um, it is sad what's happening. Because of what we saw, you know, like 2016, 17, 18, uh, 19, I guess a little bit. But if you guys saw today, you know, he's not moving forward with clutch sports. Uh, Looks like they're parting ways with each other. And it's just wild 
the downfall of Ben Simmons. This dude was was supposed to be the next LeBron. We all said it to each other. We all thought it at one point. Even if you were you weren't a Sixers fan, you thought of that at that at one point. Uh, he was going to be one of the faces of this league. And like to me, the this case of Ben Simmons will be one that I'll never forget. And it's one that I'll tell I'll tell the story for decades to come because it's something that I don't think I'll ever see again in Philly sports. Not just Sixers, but all of our Philadelphia teams. The dude was kind of full of himself, and he didn't believe that he needed to improve. He felt like the way he was playing was fine. And like every single championship caliber player in NBA history has never, ever felt that complacent. Imagine if he would have just continued his off growing his offensive game on top of the creativity that he had. That's that's why we felt the way we did. That's why we had those expectations. Now I do like I don't know who he allowed in his life. It does feel like he doesn't have a good group around him. The decisions he made last year was was not that was didn't help his career out. And so from the moment that Hawk series where he gives up that dunk. I mean obviously there's a lot more a uh, lot more events that happened before that but for the moment he gave up that dunk in that Hawks game. Game 7 his confidence and him as a player, it all went downhill. The foul shot obviously was big. The shooting was obviously big. And the fact that the playoff pressure in a big market like Philadelphia was big as well. So the trade happens. He goes to Brooklyn. He's now with KD and Kyrie. He still doesn't feel confident going out on the court. And now he's got KD and Kyrie, two greats of this at the time, this in this day and age in the NBA, coming at him. And he doesn't, he doesn't know how to respond. Now you rewind or fast forward to today. KD Kyrie get out of Brooklyn. He's stuck there, and now he's relied upon, and he's just continues to just move back. Brooklyn's definitely going to get rid of him, and I don't don't know what's going to happen to his career. And now he needs an agent. What's his future in the league? It's crazy to me. Like we're talking about this right now in the NFL, Carson Wentz, right? He's we always put those two together in in Philly sports. Carson still doesn't have a job. I, I personally think he's he could be a solid backup quarterback, but that you know that's a topic for another day. And you know, but the thing is, Ben Simmons, can you even take a flyer for him as a backup? Because what was what's he going to give for you as a backup? Like eh, you don't need that. It, it, it's just crazy. It really is, and, and it is it is sad. Um, and I and I hope that it's a lesson learned for every prospect out there. Um, you know, Victor Wanyama is another one that kind of similar to, to the light of Ben Simmons being highlighted, being gassed up as an international prospect. You know, once you make it to the league, it's that that doesn't mean that that you that you're done. You have a lot of more work to do. And I don't think Ben Simmons understood that fully. But uh, it is what it is, and we move on here. So next up for the uh, now, real quick, Jalen McDaniels update. Um, obviously he's dealing with the hip injury. So he is out right now. Um, there's no timetable right now for his return. Um, it is a little bit concerned because of his body. Um, it, it is affecting him a little bit. Um, so we're going to have to continue monitoring it. Uh, it seems to be a hip contusion, but obviously, again, with his body type, he's not the biggest dude. It, it affects him diff- It affects him more than probably would affect other players. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But um, no time to waste because the Sixers are actually back in action tomorrow. Uh, let me get that time for you guys. I had it right here. 
Um, so tomorrow we end the road trip in Indiana uh, against the Pacers at 7 p.m. Uh, so obviously that's not going to be an easy one. Indiana is always a tough one. And and, and, and in the same line as this one, you know, you worry going into this game because you worry about the Sixers playing down to an opponent. But I truly don't believe um, that was going to be the case here tonight. And I really don't think it'll be the case tomorrow. I think the Sixers know exactly who the Pacers are after playing them a couple times this year. And you don't want to take that team lightly because they will make you pay for it. And that that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, guys, it's going to do it for tonight's Sixers game recap. Reminder, you can find us wherever you stream podcasts from Apple, Google, and Spotify uh, under Owen Philly Sports. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Subscribe for more Philly Sports. A big thank you to our sponsor here tonight, Lots Rain Watches. Make sure you guys check them out and use the promo code Parcero Philly for 10% off. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys, let's go Sixers. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs>